Welcome to Post Pock Talk. My name is Oz. And I'm Ed. And we're currently standing at the edge of the shoreline next to the docked Rig 1 and its operation manager and captain, Samantha Willis. Thanks for talking with us, Captain. Please call me Sam. Captain Sam runs the day-to-day operations of her ship, the Rig 1. The Rig 1 is, in practice, two large pre-POC cruise ships, which are tethered to a mobile offshore oil platform. Captain Sam helms from the deck of the oil platform, while her first two mates oversee the workings of the cruise ships themselves. We consider Rig 1 to be either the first or the last completely self-sustaining offshore city. We have a total of around 6,000 men, women, and children on our structure, and we run a tight ship around here. Sam agrees to take us on tour of Rig 1 and a jaunt out into the Gulf for some deep-sea drilling. Deep-sea. Sam leads us through the deck of Engine 1, the leftmost of the two ships that pull the rig. Most of the deck has been repurposed for day-to-day life of its inhabitants. Before the event, we imagine these cruise ships were used as weapons in some sort of casual warfare between nation-states. It's thought that they were loaded up with fat, rich, annoying people through the promise of booze and sunlight and exotic locales, and once they were on the boat, well, then they were plied for their money with overpriced liquor and cheap buffets and then dumped onto island nations for them to deal with. We assume the name cruise is reference to cruise missiles. Both were created by larger nations, fired at tiny nations, and all for the purpose of depositing a whole load of shit on their shoulders. But Sam has found a way to make these moving death traps a home for her people. After we cleaned off the algae and the mud and broken glass and corpses from the decks and below, we found a bunch of flattened chairs and water slides, various other pieces of useless material that we ripped up and tossed overboard. Then we dug out pools into larger sections, filled them with non-radioactive dirt crops, brought on large cisterns for water collection from the rain, placed livestock ranges along the upper decks, and put up fishing lines that are constantly held off the sides of the ship. Our ship runs on a modified red diesel that we create from our raw product and chambers above deck to prevent any explosive damage to the hull, but most of that's on engine two, and there's also considerably less living quarters on that ship, but we run the finished product through the filling tubes on each ship and boom, we're self-sufficient. We get most of our food from crops and fill in the rest from the sea itself. Sam points to the side of Engine 1, where a number of children are clustered around a large, heavy fishing rod protruding from the railing of a lower deck. By its side is an enormous machete, and the rod itself is lashed to the ship with thick metal cable. We keep them lashed there to make sure nothing uh, pulls anyone off the boat. As much as I try and keep calm about it, there's some weird shit swimming around these waters now. What kind of shit? It's not squid. Oh, there's squid all right. Wait until night time. Engine 1 houses a population of around 2,500 people. Most of the quarters below deck are out of use without any sort of air cycling or functional plumbing, but a large number of the population still lives on the upper decks. Our crew share the larger suites with their families. Some people live in the netting above the deck between the smokestacks. A couple of these kids have never even touched dry land. But they're all scared of squids. Helps keep them off the deck at night. Seems like the squid are pretty big problems. Well, for life on the main ships, are really just a nuisance, clogging up the heat ducts on the bottom of the ship with mud. Sometimes they'll throw up some rotten fish or something poisonous. Easy enough to clear up, the real problem is the drilling. So besides squid, what else do you guys have to contend with? 
Near the back of Engine 1, Sam points to two large anti-aircraft guns mounted on the deck. There's two of these on the stern and two at the bow. You'd be surprised how many bandit groups along the islands have access to aircraft. Not to mention, our sovereign status challenges the Mexican Empire's claim to these waters, but the only time I've ever seen a Mexican boat out here is a dinghy, or two, full of zombies they shoved off in our direction. Along the sides, we have a couple of harpoon cannons and oil baths in case of boarding. We used to have just the harpoon cannons, but we added those oil baths in a couple of months ago. Nothing deters jet skis faster than oil fires. The squid ride jet skis? Oh, pirates. But if you're worried, feel free to sleep in the canopy tonight. Most of the time, they can only slither up onto the lower deck and get a few poor souls before someone notices. Could you take us through your operations on the rig? Admiral Sam leads us over to one of the rope bridges connecting Engine 1 and 2 to the rig itself. An enormous metal rope the width of a car connects these ships to the main deck. On the rig, we're met by a party of men with long beards and tattoos. These gentlemen are part of the first shift detail. No way those two are going to be our new rookies. They can't take no squids. We're actually running a story on what life is Which one of you fuckers has killed a squid? Sixteen of them tentacle fuckers. Our hero is named Jose. His arms are covered in sucker marks. I'm an operator here. Jim the foreman and Captain Sam over there, they're in charge of this whole thing. But when them squids come, I'm the one in charge. The rig is untethered to the seafloor, but when a suitable defensible location is reached, it can lay down cables and begin drilling into the oil bed below. Right. Well, this here semi-submissible oil platform, for the bomb drafts, there are thousands of these things out here. Found this one about 20 years ago. Once the platform is tethered to the floor and the drill segmented into the shale, the workers drill out the lifeblood. This is stored on deck in large ballast, eventually being traded back on land for anything that we can't supply ourselves with. Whenever we first started, it was great. We had some trouble now and again with water, a few people got scurvy. Don't get me started on setting up talks with them islanders and city-states in the Mississippi Sea. But the real part was not start until the squid came. Can I do it now? Fine. Until about five years ago, the seas remained calm and quiet. Too quiet, man. There were times we would find a league-wide patch of sea that was still, like water on a pond. Shit was unsettling. It's been a while since Jose has seen one up close. We avoid those things. I don't know what's down there, but I'll tell you one thing. They're squid in them. The squid Jose refers to are a species of large, intelligent cephalopods. They range in size from their juvenile stages being only inches in height to the large adults that can stand up to six feet tall. They're fast moving upwards of 30 miles an hour underwater, and they can propel themselves out of the water and even survive on dry land for several hours. They don't move so good on land, though. Kind of pull themselves along on their suckers. But when they find you, they are fast. They're going to come at you from behind. But if you fall in the water, it's over. Jose says that he's seen a man fall in before. There was a foreman we had here a while back. Got real drunk while we were celebrating a new drill spawn deck. Tripping over the side rail, ripped into six different pieces in half a second. Looked like he'd been dropped into a goddamn blender. So we asked Admiral Sam, What was the deal? 
they started to come out in force about six years ago. At first we thought they were just predators looking for a quick meal, but after a while we started to notice things. Essential equipment going missing, clogging up the heat ducts, twisting old rope around drill bits as they're lowered, and we we started to realize they weren't just predators, they were actively sabotaging us. Could it be because the drilling is destroying their environment? Well, we thought that too at first, but our drilling has always been as safe as possible. I mean, we eat from this water. We moved away from the areas we were attacked in, but they followed us. Ain't that complicated. Jose is directing operations to drop down onto another drill site, and readying a harpoon gun pointed at the water. A while back, one of those fuckers shot into the deck and landed right on top of me. Now listen, I'm only there that put up form for a couple of seconds, but it's pretty routine when we move out bits. This thing must have been watching me for days, playing where I'd be when it landed. What happened when it hit you? It wrapped around me tight, starting to rip my skin from my bones. Marcus grabbed a piece of sheet metal and sliced it open, separating the tentacles from the head. We had to pull each and every sucker off my skin individually, one at a time. Each one with little spines along inside, they dig in when you pull them out. It took hours, and for the most part, the thing was still alive. Keep looking at me with those wet, yellow eyes. I could tell they hate us. Not for any reason, not for what we do, not for who we are. They tell our secrets to the devil. As nighttime falls on the ocean, the bright lights of the oil rig light up. Work doesn't stop with the sun out here. We follow Admiral Sam back toward Engine 2, where they stay with their families. We see the night shift, walking in on another rope and wave. But below us, in the dark of the water, we can see fast-moving triangular shapes jetting across the surface of the water, lit by a green glow just below the surface. Below deck, by the light of fluorescent bulbs, we follow Admiral Sam into the main kitchen's double doors. Inside is Roger. Hi. What do you do on Rig 1, Roger? I oversee all planned development of placement sites, depth modifications to the rig, and any drilling specifications that are needed due to geological effects. Or squid effects. Yes. Roger walks us through his office and lab, plastered with yellowed maps and lined with marks and drawings of seafloor diagrams. Most of these we discovered on old oil rig offices and labs, a couple from ocean liners that are half submerged and docks around the gulf. Unfortunately, we're limited to the areas in this region. I don't think the ship could survive a cross-Atlantic voyage. And to be frank, we don't really know what's out there anymore. Uh, what are some of the precautions that you take to discourage squid interference with drilling? Believe it or not, their sense of sound is very heightened while underwater. While the ship is in motion, they're almost never around. While drilling, though, they can get rather close to vital machinery. We use underwater speakers pump the high volume around the rig to keep them at bay. So what keeps them away the best? Originally, we just tried machinery sounds, but that didn't keep them away long enough. One of the workers suggested classic rock, so the workers at least had something to listen to. Surprisingly, they've stayed a good hundred yards away since. They've got really bad taste. <coughs> Are you sick, Roger? Poor Roger, he's been sick the last couple of days, got caught on the deck in the middle of a bad rainstorm, or doctors have been- Why were you out on deck? What follows is completely unedited, and may shock or disturb you. Occasionally I just like to go on deck to look at the waves. Jose told us about stretches of water, places with absolutely no waves. 
little still patches of ocean that exist out in the Gulf. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Yes. Uh, I believe we passed one a couple months ago. That's strange. Jose said that you've been avoiding those patches for a couple of months. Ah, uh, yeah, it's been quite some time. I misspoke. Yeah. And were you in charge of putting in those oil baths? I'm sorry, oil baths? That would be very dangerous to any existing sea life. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Hey, Roger, what's your last name? What? What do you mean? Ed, come on, that's not... What is your last name, Roger? Ro- Roger? No, I mean your full name. Guys, look, I don't really see... Humble. Roger Humble. Wait, your name tag says Stein. Stein? Oh, well, this, um... Roger, what are you... Oh, Holy shit! Fuck! squid living under the skin of men not that often if you if you gentlemen could kindly find your way back to the deck of engine one i need to speak to some of the crew after admiral sam took care of the intruder we retreated to a final dinner on deck How did it get inside him? All of our fish was freshly checked for metal and poison, and I gotta say, it was some of the best seafood I've ever had. Where's the rest of Roger? Not only is Jose a fighter of squid, but he smokes a damn good mackerel. Did no one see? It came out of his eyeballs. And Captain Sam made us feel very welcome. If you've got any listeners out there that want a better laugh and aren't scared of a little work, we got a place for them here. It imitated his voice perfectly. So if you're ever in the mood for a relaxing cruise with a little bit of hard work on the side, look no further, listeners, than Rig One, the only floating city in the world. This has been Postpoc Talk. <laughs>